the A-Team. Won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X Files. Welcome to The Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Take yourself back to 1981. Uh, a gold bar was found in Mexico City, really? subsequently confirmed as made of material appropriated during the Spanish conquest of the Aztec Empire. Did Indiana Jones and find presumably it? abandoned by the Spanish at the time of the in 1520? Uh, no, I don't believe it was because he was an archaeologist. Yes, uh, there was a ceremonial decorated bronze Celtic agri helmet it was from 350 BC that was found in 1981 in a cave in southern France. Did Indiana Jones find it? No. Because he was an archaeologist. And uh, Ayn Ghazal, uh, it was a city from 8,000, 9,000 B.C., was discovered in Jordan just outside of a uh, construction site where they are building a highway. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, this definitely was not Indiana Jones because he was not working for the construction company at the yeah. time. <laughs> and it's off time. During su- teachers have to take jobs during summers, Adam. But Sometimes hey, man. he did. The point is, is that archaeology happens. Yeah! And it's still happening. Yes, everywhere. But June 12th, 1981, archaeologists found their hero in Indiana Jones when Raiders of the Lost Ark was released and debuted at number one. Of course. Yeah. Well, now, of course, but it actually fell out of the top, the number one spot for five weeks after that. It wasn't until the sixth weekend when it regained number one and then stayed at number one for nine weeks. It's so crazy how things worked back it, then. It was weird because it would, it, it, like other movies would come out and people were like, yeah, but then they'd go back mm-hmm. to Raiders because it's yeah. like, oh, this is much more. And yeah. plus the word of mouth on that was insane. Yeah. Like yeah. I remember, you know, I... I wasn't super excited to see it. I didn't know very really? much about it. No, because I, you know, the adver- <laughs> advertisements on TV and movie trailers weren't super great back then. They yeah, were just kind of yeah, like, yeah, that makes sense. Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> see a man search for a lost ark. <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. like, it's like, wait, how, and it's, yeah. yeah, how am I, why do I want to see this? So it's just, you know, I was like, eh, I don't know. And uh, so my mom, uh, we went to the to the little the little two theater mm-hmm. next to Montgomery, Monkey Wards, Monkey Montgomery Wards. Wards, where you saw E. T. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw a <laughs> lot of movies there, and um, and yeah, it's just it blew me away, and my mom loved it because she was a yeah, she was a, a, huge a fan. A, Fans of the show. Now my mom was a fan of the serials. The serials, yeah. And she just loved that movie. It was just, she was giddy, you know? And so was I. I mean, because it was just totally unexpected. Yeah, yeah. It was it was so much fun from the very beginning. And and it definitely, that was true for everyone because it stayed in the top 10 for 40 weeks. Oh, yeah. I went 40 back. 40 weeks. Yeah. To the point even where they officially pull it out of theaters and it was still playing in some theaters. <laughs> yeah, well, like it was, yeah. It was, uh, it was the highest grossing movie of 1981 with almost $354 million worldwide. That's 81 bucks. $81 in. That translates to $700 billion <laughs> in 2021. Yeah, 81 dollars. bucks. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Actually, I think it is just shy of a billion dollars, if I remember correctly. Probably. Um, uh, now, granted, that doesn't also include all the VHS stuff, which we will talk about much later, sure. but um, which was huge. Uh, but yeah, so George Lucas was also a fan of serials, much like your mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, something, yeah. Buck Rogers and Zorro's Fighting Legion and Spy Smasher, which I don't hey, know why hey they've never. <laughs> hey, I, I, thought, I heard you mention Buck Rogers. Yeah, Buck Rogers, yeah. It's Rena Madeira in here. Uh-huh, Big uh-huh. fan of the show. Love the show. Just want to say, I'm really happy you're doing Raiders Last Dark. Yeah. So yeah, so get uh, podcasting or get um, uh, long lasting. <laughs> 
All right. Then. Whatever. Thanks, Wilma. That was great. She, uh, she I think she moved in. Yeah. yeah. She She's, lives uh, under your bed. It's, uh, it's weird. Uh, so he wanted to, to create a, an adventure cereal, and he called it Indiana Smith. Yeah. They both love the cereal. That's something that they bonded on. And I think because, yeah. he, you know, not only Buck Rogers, but Zorro yeah. was another yeah. one. And I think that's where he got the whip. Probably. Because I'm pretty sure Zorro yeah. was like whipping sword. Whipping sword, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, so he, he named uh, the uh, Indiana Smith after <laughs> so bad. his uh, dog. Yeah. An Alaskan the, Malamute. Mm-hmm. The uh, Indiana, the giant Alaskan Malamute, was also the inspiration for Chewbacca. Nice. Well, you know, write what you know, I guess. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if it's a know. giant dog, then you use it. <laughs> uh, at the same time, Lucas was also trying to make a Flash Gordon movie. Yeah. Uh, he tried really hard, uh, and uh, unfortunately, that never happened. He couldn't get the rights to it, so nope. he ended up making Star Wars yeah. instead. Unfortunately. Seems like a good choice. Yeah, I think the trade-off, I'll take it. But I, I'm sure someone in the Flash Gordon uh, uh Estate probably is like, wow, we made a mistake. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the Flash Gordon movie around the time? <laughs> they sold the rights to the wrong horse, baby. <laughs> so Lucas, uh, he shared this idea with Philip Kaufman, uh, a very good director. Oh, yeah. A good friend of his. Uh, Kaufman suggested using the arc as a focus point. He actually did, gave quite a bit to the, the story. Yeah. Um, and well. Because at first, Lucas made him a womanizer, and, like, he was this alcoholic, and, like, it was uh, – Indiana Smith was just not a very likable person. <laughs> no. But that was of the time, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. the 70s was all about the anti-hero. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the, the cool thing is, you know, with those guys, they always brought that that sensibility, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they learned in, in coming up as indies in the 70s. They brought that to their yeah. movies, which yeah. made them a lot more realistic and a lot more gritty. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same with the E.T. and the whole cinema verite thing. It, exactly. was, it was just a, a, a hallmark of, of how it was like everything needs to be more natural and well, more organic and real. It makes the fantastical, you know, you, you can – you can really digest all this fantastical stuff when when right. it's grounded in these really relatable real characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones is he's tired a lot. He's, <laughs> he's a human being. He's, he he just is like yeah. Which which was then uh, actually I was thinking about this yesterday was that it's like the reason we have like Die Hard is mm-hmm. because of Indiana Jones. Oh, 100%. Like it w- wouldn't have been we wouldn't have had that hero if it wasn't for him showing how real it was when you get punched and how much it hurts. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the hero was not allowed to show weakness, you know? Yeah. He was John Wayne, and he punched you out yeah. if, you, if you looked at him. Funny. <laughs> Kaufman actually suggested using uh, the arc as a focus point. He had uh, heard about it from his dentist when he was a child. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was, like, the rambling dentist or something, but uh, cool he, dentist. he thought it'd be cool to play off of Hitler's obsession with the occult. Well, so the dentist told him about... Hitler's obs- what, what, but it was when Philip Coffin was a kid. Was he like proselytizing or was he just telling like a – I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was him just rambling because he's a dentist and he has an open mic <laughs> to whoever's sitting there. But, uh, Using the gas. But that's where, he, that's where Philip Coffin said he first got the idea. It was right. from his dentist. Um, yeah. Uh, Lucas really wanted Kaufman to direct it, but he was obligated to work on the outlaw Josie Wales, and that is when great, um, great, great movie, great movie. But it was around 1975, and that was when Lucas then focused on Star Wars, and he shelved because uh, he actually had this idea for Indiana Smith after American Graffiti yeah. uh, in 1973. But he so he shelved it, and he worked on Star Wars, and and it was uh, him put all his time and effort into Star Wars. We yeah. all know how that came out. Flopped. Nobody ever <laughs> was, heard from him again. I don't even know what it is. I don't Star know what? <laughs> uh, so <laughs> when that was coming out, 
Lucas took Spielberg, his good friend, to Hawaii and Ooh. said, look, I'm afraid the movie's going to flop and that it's going to be bad and I want to deal with it. So I'm going to go spend some time in Hawaii. And let's go get drunk, there, baby. Yeah, let's get as much time in uh, Honolulu as possible. Uh, while he was there, he told Spielberg about the Indiana Smith story, and Spielberg loved it. Except for the name. He hated the name. <laughs> Rightly so. 100% true. Indiana Smith just doesn't have the it ring to it. It's weird. It's like alternate universe yeah. Indiana Jones. It's super weird. Uh, Spielberg actually wanted to direct a James Bond movie uh, at the time. Really? Uh, yeah, He, but he did not have the chance, and so he told Lucas, like, let's work on this. Let's let's make this happen. Interesting. Uh, so they brought in Lawrence Kasdan, uh, who was very young, Ooh. and uh, at the time was writing, I believe he was working on Empire uh, at the time. Nice. But uh, he'd only been, when he started working on the script for, when he started working on the script for Indiana Jones, or Raiders of the Lost Ark, he uh, he'd only been professionally screenwriting, screenwriting for a month. Could you point. imagine? You just come to L.A. for a month. Yeah. And then the Suddenly two hugest yeah. mega producing director superstars are like, hey. You're real good. Why don't you write this movie that's going to last for the next 50 years? <laughs> why not? Uh, so they – Lucas, after – just goes script, to, Let me just say, it just goes to show you that, the, that back then it was – people recognized talent and gave people shots. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That that kid got a shot because he was good. It wasn't like, oh, you know, his dad, you right, know, right, right. Randy Kasdan, you know, <laughs> called in a favor or whatever. It's just cool that these guys, because I think you know Spielberg conned his way into the gig. You yeah. know, get yeah. you know get getting a office on Universal when he didn't have one. So I think, I think those guys. Did give people shots, you know, and I think that's yeah. you know more people should do that, eh? Yeah, I mean, it, it was back in the day when when Hollywood people felt better like helping someone yeah. in Hollywood because it they was like threatened. they're my protege, mm-hmm. you know. And now now it's just super competition. Mentee mentor, like, yeah. yeah. One of Spielberg's first mentors was Richard Donner. Oh yeah, Dick Donner. Yeah. yeah, and that guy again. Every one of my everybody but me, all of my friends, <laughs> in some time or another, worked for Dick Donner, and every single one of them would say nothing but amazing things about him. I got to know him a little bit. But he was another guy that was just like, what can you do, kid? Yeah, yeah. You know, let me read your script, kid. You know, and he would give, all right, try rewriting this script. We'll give you 10 (laughs) grand. You know, it's like he did that to my friend. He gave him money to write, you know, and it's like you give him shots because they do good work and they earned it. And I I would hope that there's still that around today. But... uh, yeah, it's it's hard to say if that still is the case. Sure. I, yeah. Uh, so they, they budgeted the movie out at about $20 million, and uh, George Lucas originally wanted to pay for it himself. Wow. Uh, but he didn't have $20 million. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no, no. At this point, he did not, and, and not enough anyway to, to be able to, to make them. That's the still such a small amount of money. It's crazy to think that. I mean, you know. I mean, it was an amazing, huge amount of money back then, but, like, they're spending, you know— Three, four, five, six hundred oh, million dollars. I, I'm on pretty movies. sure the last Indiana Jones movie was like a two hundred million. Sure, and this was all practical, man. This yeah. is all like real trucks and blowing up. You know, oof. <laughs> so George Lucas, in true George Lu- Lucas fashion, went to the studios and demanded that they provide the budget, have no creative input, and allow him to retain control of the licensing and any sequels. <laughs> yeah, well, him 
Woo! Lucas and the licensing. That's why the yeah. that's why he's a billionaire because yeah. that was yeah. the smartest thing he ever did was retain the licensing rights to Star Wars and yeah. the licensing rights to Indiana Jones because he realized and I think he you know turned Spielberg onto that as well. Yeah, that's where the money yeah. is, man. I mean, you know, everybody's the big, show is great. It's the ancillary. Yeah, that, that'll make it's lunch the boxes money. and yeah. the toys and the this and the that. <laughs> so nobody nobody wanted to make this because they were like, "You're crazy. This is a lot." Uh, until Paramount came in and. Uh, uh, Paramount was like, okay, like we'll do this. This, yeah. this is we'll make money. Well, Although they were a little worried about Steven Spielberg, really, because at that point Spielberg had a series of movies yeah. that went over budget, Jaws. And ran long, yep, and Jaws in 1941. Mm-hmm. Like they, so they were kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't the untouchable. No, you know, golden no, he God wasn't that he no. is today. I mean, he, he still his movies obviously made money. Yeah, but I mean, 1941 was a big surprise. You know that yeah. that. That, that should was a, have been it, a big hit. It was a yeah. mess, but it was a fun mess. I mean, you definitely should see it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, he wasn't in the position. It wasn't like he was coming off of E.T., you know, and it wasn't no, like, no, no. you know, in, in Star Wars, okay. You know, they got, I mean, you know, and honestly, his real big hit, the previous, I mean, Close Encounters was, was big, but, like, I mean, Jaws was huge. Oh, yeah. And in that... That was five years ago, you know. I mean, like, so it's like you know, studios are all about now, and right. like, what can you do for me lately? To quote Eddie Murphy, but those old timey dudes always had the right. Uh, uh, yeah, there was. They definitely understood that sometimes you're going to take that chance. Yep. Uh, so they did. Paramount said okay, but Paramount did uh, require uh, Frank Marshall to be to be put on to the the movie. He was a producer and they said, okay, Frank, you're here literally to make sure we stay on budget. So he was the marshal of the (laughs) (laughs) production. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Uh, Oh, the dad jokes. It's great. Mm. Uh, So Frank Marshall said very specifically, okay, we got to stay on budget. Uh, Paramount gave them an 85-day production budget. Wow. And the three of them agreed, Frank Marshall and George Lucas and Steven Spielberg said, we're going to do this in 73 days. Nice. And they did. They did. They did finish it in 73 Smart days. move. Because it's also, they could have been, you know, I mean, Lucas yeah. demanded, he, yeah. you know, he, he had the clout to demand stuff because Star Wars was a juggernaut, yeah. Yeah. you know, especially in 1980. I mean, he proved himself. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, good for them because they could have been dicks. And yeah. they could have just yeah. been, they could have Brett Ratnered it, you know, and got the strippers <laughs> and the Coke. And, but no, they wanted to prove that they could get this done. They wanted to, they loved this, pro- it was a passion project, yeah, especially yeah. for Lucas, you know. I mean, it, they wanted to make this a hit. Yeah, they needed, they absolutely needed to. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about casting. Ooh. Ooh. All, right. All right, we are back. Let's talk about hey, the casting. Yeah, let's talk about casting. Uh, because uh, although Harrison Ford is obviously. Indiana Jones. Wait, what? We all know this. Uh, <laughs> and it's hard. To, although he wasn't other the young Indiana have Jones. Played the young, the other people have played the character, it'd be, it'd be tough to, to change, to, to see somebody else playing that part No, now. no, not in the movie. I mean, you know, the young Indiana Jones series was fun, and I, I forget the name of the actor that played it. He was the, the guy that played uh, Powder. So Sean Patrick Flannery. Yeah. Oh, Sean Patrick Sean Flannery. Patrick. <laughs> he was, so, I mean, yeah. It was fine, but that was a fun series. A prequel series, and even yeah. you know Harrison Ford appeared in that yes, as himself did. with the eye patch. He was old, grizzled, old, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that was a fun thing. But you know they were talking about rebooting it with Chris Pratt or something. And no, I'm yeah. sorry. I mean we saw what happened with the Han Solo movie. As as much as that kid was doing the best sure. he could do, and he was fine. It just he, Harrison Ford is the, are these roles. Yeah, you know? yeah. It 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 it's something that. 
I mean, I th- personally, my opinion is that I feel like it's something that could be done much like in the James Bond kind of thing, but this still doesn't really lend itself to it. No. Not like James Bond where it's like, hey, you could easily be, you know, quote unquote replaced. But He's played the character for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, Agreed. that's... But he was not their first choice. No! <laughs> there were some uh, really interesting choices. Oh, yeah. There was uh, Bill Murray, Nick Nolte, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Tim Matheson, Nick Mancuso, Peter Coyote, ooh, Mr. Jingle Jangle, Mr. Jingle, Jingle, Keys, Jingle, Jingle Keys, Jack yeah. Nicholson, yeah, Jeff Bridges, John Shea, and Sam Elliott, Mr. Mustache. But <laughs> there was also a Mark Harmon, Michael Bean. Bruce Boxleitner, Don Johnson, and even a Mr. David Hasselhoff. Oh, wow, really? Oh, that would have been weird. <laughs> yeah. That would have been weird. Hooked on was uh, Jeff Bridges, I think Jeff Bridges and Tom Selleck were actually the two that they were most interested yes. in. Uh, Tom Selleck being the top. Yeah, Tom Selleck was their number one choice. Uh, they wanted to offer the part to him, but he had just shot the pilot for Magnum P.I. Yeah. And, and there was a time period where oh, he couldn't so take cool. other things, and there was 10 days left. And so they, they went to him, Lucas mm-hmm. and Spielberg went to him and said, can you go to CBS and ask them to be released from your contract? Yeah, because they didn't green light the show yet. No, they, they – in fact, there's thought that they weren't going to green light <laughs> yeah. the show because the pilot wasn't, wasn't – Tracking as well as it wanted, as they wanted to be. And but, if yeah, if you watch the pilot yeah. versus the show, it's it's so different. Very different. Yeah. yeah. So when Lucas and Spielberg came to CBS and said we need Tom Selleck, they go, "No, we're going to make this Magnum oh, you PI want show. Him? Yeah. Well, then we're keeping him. But we just greenlit it, and then he writes in the corner, wow. "Hey, here we go." And so unfortunately, Tom Selleck could not play the part. He would have been so great. Um, he would have been fantastic. He's the only other guy that I could really see. He is another guy that's just really like handsome and likable. Yeah. And he's so charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you and, and it really seems like afterwards that he's a little bitter. Like yeah, well, they did. <laughs> he like, got oh, over okay. it, and he has a great sense of humor about it. And they did, in, and I think it might have been the last, the penultimate season yeah. of Magnum, they did this episode where he slowly was donning the jacket and the hat <laughs> and the whip. And it was obvious that he was playing Indiana Jones. There's like right. this mystery where this guy was creating these mysteries based on movies. But the whole time they're like, oh, Treasure Sierra Madre or, or uh, oh, right, you know, was right. it this other movie? They never guessed, you the, know, the that was the movie. joke. It was really funny. And it was fun to finally see him don in the outfit. Yeah. The ultimate irony of it is that because of the 1980 actor strike, yeah. Tom Selleck could have actually yeah. played the part yep. because Magnum P.I. was delayed for like four months. <sighs> yeah. Which is sad. But, I, I, you know, I think in the long run, I'm glad I got my yes. indie and I'm glad I got my Magnum. Yeah, Because exactly. Magnum lasted eight yeah. seasons, was an amazing show. It, they even, like, ended it and then brought it back for an extra season because people were like, no, we're not done. <laughs> we need more Magnum. He died. No, oh, wow. In the last Spoiler episode. Oh, wow. But they, no, because I don't, you don't know <laughs> what happened in the real ending because they brought him back to life for a last season. So Steven Spielberg wanted Harrison Ford. He he saw him in Star yeah. Wars and he liked him and he said we should use him. And, and because Lucas, he's yeah, yeah he's the perfect. You needed either of those guys because they were the perfect yeah. example of those type of movies. You needed a yeah. chiseled, you know, totally, totally steely eyed. Uh, Lucas didn't want to use Harrison Ford because he had used him in Star Wars and he was yeah. like, oh, I don't want to, you know, be seen like, oh, it's the only actor I can work with. He and, also had this weird thing about using the same actors. He didn't want to yeah. use Harrison Ford in Star Wars either because he yeah. he'd been in. Uh, American, American Graffiti, graffiti. Yeah. so he was—he didn't want him. It was just like, poor Harrison Ford. It's just like, you know, <laughs> oh, I guess we'll yeah. give it to you, Harry. Well, you he, stick around uh, long that enough. That was the other thing is that, that he didn't 
Lucas was like, well, we we wanted they wanted the actor to agree to a three movie deal, sure. and they didn't think Ford would do it. Yeah, and of course Ford was like, yeah, like this sounds <laughs> like the fun. coolest Why role I do ever. This? Yeah. So he also negotiated a seven figure salary, a percentage of the gross profits, and the option to rewrite his dialogue. So yeah. he came out pretty well in no, the No, and that was he was one of the you know the first actors to really take control of his career that way where yeah. he had control over what he was doing. You know, he yeah. made sure yeah. that he had a say in how he was portrayed. Right. You know, and that's right. kinda how he's always protected his image. And he was he, he looked at the character as being a scholar first and adventurer second, which is I, I believe what led into the whole like I'm just tired a lot and yeah. I like it's like I just want to go back, get the thing and go back. But like, you see his his in the character, you see his giddiness and his passion for knowledge mm-hmm. and for, te- you know, his, his little bit of teaching where he's just, yeah. you know, he's so into it. And, you know, when he's given the chance to go after these pieces <laughs> of history, yeah, you know, he doesn't yeah. see it as glory for himself. It's always, well, well let's get it to the museum. Let's, you yeah, know, people need yeah. to see this. It's history. It belongs in a museum. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about um, the casting of Marion because she was an yeah. extremely important character. It, it didn't work without a good Marion. No, and Marion, yeah, Karen Allen was not their first choice. No, uh, they, another, you know, it's like they went through uh, so many other actresses. They, the, the main person they were considering was Deborah Winger. Yeah. Who couldn't do it. They had Deborah Winger, Jane Seymour, Mary Steenburgen, mm. Valerie Bertinelli, Sean Young, and uh, Dee Wallace, Barbara Hershey. Dee Wallace, I mean, she ended up getting the uh She the ended up working with Spielberg anyway. E.T., yeah. so yeah, she got that. Um, uh, when Karen Allen auditioned, the first thing Spielberg asked her was, how well do you spit? <sighs> she spits great. <laughs> she is so awesome in that movie. She's yeah. just a tough – and it's also one of those things where they – she's not just the damsel in distress. No. She kicks ass no. too. You know, They gave her she's, some really yeah. cool – I mean there are times where she's definitely got to be saved by Indy. But, you know, for the most part, she can take care of herself. She's tough. I mean, her first introduction is drinking a large man <laughs> under the table. Like, yeah. I, My God, they must have had like 50 shots each. It was crazy. It's the it was altitude in, yeah. uh, in, in Nepal. <laughs> in Tibet, yeah. yes. It's easier to drink there, I guess. Uh, but Karen Allen was great. And she she actually – they improvised a lot of the movie. Yeah. A lot of the dialogue was improvised. A lot of scenes mm-hmm. were, were – they had a loose – which was odd because they actually storyboarded like 80% of the movie. Sure. But, but it was – the actual details were all improvised. Yeah. Like the whole – with the girl writing uh, Love You or mm-hmm. whatever on, Love her, you. on her eyelids that was all improvised. Um, I'm pretty sure the <laughs> so weird. misspelling Neolithic was improvised by Harrison Ford. Uh, yeah, but uh, it was it was interesting. So I, I, Karen Ellis has gone on, on record saying that she they, they would sit down together and and talk a lot. Her and uh, Jonathan Rhys Davies mm-hmm. and um, Harrison Ford. No, uh, Harrison Ford was actually very private and actually very rarely talked about his character with anybody else. Weird. She said sometimes he would talk about stuff, but yeah. like he was he was very private and yeah. very like he he kept in his head with his character. Well, you got to look at it this way. He is the franchise. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're the star a of a multi-million yeah. dollar movie. So much is riding on you, your shoulders, your performance. Yeah. If it if you don't work, it doesn't matter how great Marion and yeah. Sally Sala. and Sala. Yeah, and it doesn't matter because if 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 Indiana Jones doesn't work, then it doesn't nothing work. works. Yeah. yeah, but Sala too. I mean. What great casting. Fantastic. Jonathan, Jonathan Davis, Davis so yeah. good. They were actually trying to t- to cast Danny DeVito oh, in the Lord. part. <laughs> that would have been so. Because he would have, maybe, I mean, he's a great actor, and maybe he would have played it 
straight, but still, it's he doesn't he doesn't seem like he could be Arabic or you know. Yeah, yeah. No, know, it even though Jonathan, I don't know what Jonathan, Jonathan Davies Davies, is not either. No, he's not. He's, he's an Englishman. He's Welsh, I believe. Welsh, yeah. And uh, but but still, he had the gravitas. Of, yeah, yeah. You know, India. It, it would have been it would have been weird to see. Hey, Indiana. Rewatching hey. it and thinking about Danny DeVito and like the scenes where they're like able to stare at each other yeah. and like it's like that He'd just would not work. He'd just be like. You go first, eh? It'd be him eye to eye with the monkey. Yeah, it would. <laughs> uh, he, I don't know. I just, I don't. I think mean, so. don't get me wrong. I love Danny. Oh, yeah, amazing. But I, don't but I mean, you know, he was. He got to play the third banana in Jewel of the Nile, and so great. You know, I, the, that those movies, which were really awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, and uh, he couldn't do it anyway because of Taxi. He he couldn't do it. Well, good. I think Taxi was better off with him, and I think Raiders was better, yes, off, was with better off with John and Reese Davies. Yeah. Uh, so they went into production. Uh, the Paramount gave them. 85 days they finished it in 73 uh it's amazing so many studs a, a really yeah i mean like um they used you know a, obviously a very quick production because there was a lot of long takes yeah. and a lot of like you know it's obvious they had to move things forward and and, and keep they, things going it's so much more effective to let the action play out like if you look at the shots of the boulder coming mm-hmm. you know those hang Oh yeah, whatever yeah. you know. And then when he For slipped, which time. I think was a mistake, when the yeah. guy slipped and got up again. Oh yeah, you know yeah. when the when the ball was coming, which right, was right. an awesome down mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know that that it doesn't cut, doesn't no, cut no. until he runs out of frame or whatever. You know, it's like it. it it's so much more dangerous when you see, you know, yeah, the guy running rather than cutting yeah. to his face and cutting to his feet and cutting to his, yeah, you know, jingly, yeah. jangly keys. Over-editing has ruined a lot of movies. Yep. Uh, you more so than effects, in my opinion. Trust. Yeah, trust trust yourself as a director. Yeah, there were so many fun things that were improvised, too, like uh, when Indy shoots the guy oh, with the big yeah. yeah. That poor guy. I always feel horrible. Everybody knows the story, but I, see, I always feel so horrible for that guy because he trained for it's days so and days long. for this big old fight scene between he and Indy and he was probably like mom I've got this centerpiece <laughs> fight with Indiana Jones and it's going to be amazing oh I'm so excited and then the next day he comes to work and they're like ah oh, yeah. Tommy we got some bad news for you buddy Harry's got the runs what <laughs> he's just going to shoot you okay he's just going to shoot you it's going to be funny yeah and it works I mean it works oh it it's one of the best works, moments in the movie and it defines that movie is unexpected, and I know it's it's funny to be like, oh, it's hilarious when he just shoots the guy dead, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. But it is done in like this cartoony. It's very Looney Tunesy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not you know it his works head in the explodes or whatever. Of the movie. Yeah. Like it's yeah. And his character it just shows the world weariness of his character. His character isn't an action hero. He's no. a he's a professor, he, he an archaeologist. Have a big fight with this guy. Yeah. He doesn't want to get on the horse and go after the truck. He doesn't want to jump off the boat and get on the. Submarine, he just wants to go to the museum and drop off his treasures. The Ark belongs in a museum. In a museum. Yeah. All right. Well, Well, let's go. Speaking of museums, let's go. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We're going to have a quick break, and then we're going to come back with our great interview with Mr. Marty Matulis. Sweet. Our very, 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 very special guest today is an incredible actor, but you probably haven't seen his face too much. He is one of the great creature guys. He uh, was on... Teen Wolf the series, Sleepy Hollow. You can watch him right now on Evil on the Paramount Plus. He'll be on Picard and just, you know, you'll see him all over the place because the guy is amazing. He's also a really good friend of ours, the yeah. lovely, talented, and beautiful Marty Matulis. Welcome, buddy. He thinks I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Hi. Thanks for being on the show, man. 
Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks. So, Marty, what when Marty, Indiana Jones? Let's. I guess now it's Indiana Jones and. The Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wasn't it just Raiders of the Lost it, Ark? When it came out. It, back in the day, we just knew it as Raiders. Right. When it first came out, it was. It, it wasn't until the DVD release in like 2000 that they changed the title. Right. Yeah. Now, do you, and this largely for alphabetization on shelves, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Keep all the people together? Yes. For all those with OCD. <laughs> yes. Well, also, you don't want to be running around the, the store looking for. That is true. But yeah. So you I, you saw in the theater, right, Marty? I did. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it was 8th grade eighth grade or ninth grade it's like right in the pocket for an amazing movie experience yeah. and it was at the theater each and every multiple time that i saw it now were you like when i went to see it i saw it in the theater as well many times but the first time i didn't my mom was like hey let's go see it and we saw it in the little theater next to montgomery ward and uh and i didn't know what to expect i was like a star wars guy so i was like okay hand solos in it but it blew me away man i mean i had never seen anything like it up until then yeah, unlike anything else, um, I, I had no history with anything like that other than, you know, I was a, like a Disney kid and I got into Star Wars. And then uh, actually I found out about it from a buddy in school who brought in, it was like a, a comic book adaptation kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. Initially. I'm like, what the, what is this thing? What is this guy in a hat? Like, is this really? <laughs> yeah. And guess what? It's a movie. And then we went. It was amazing. It, it knocked me out of my seat. Yeah, no, seriously. And, you know, I I back then wanted to be a stuntman. Um, so I was, like, throwing myself off stairs and dragging behind ATVs and stuff. Really, <laughs> <laughs> really bad influence on me. Like, did you do any of the uh, – did you ever get a whip? I definitely had a whip or two or four, I think. I, kept, <laughs> I, I would break them when I would try swinging on things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because oh, they no. were they were crap, you know, you yeah. fifteen dollar crap whips. They were like these, uh, um, what do you call them? Like just they were they were not official bull whips. Let's just call them. Uh, and the hat, yeah, I definitely went for the hat. Never went as far as like the jacket or the man purse, but I would have right. if I could have. I was so blown away by that as a weapon. You know what I mean? It was like so unexpected. I think Zorro had a whip, and there was mm. some other guy that had a whip but it was just like it was so unexpected and such a cool tool it was a cool tool yeah I would... <laughs> it's the name of my band <laughs> if you're gonna have a guy named indiana jones he's gotta have a cool tool or two damn straight <laughs> and i was unfamiliar with any of the kind of serials that they were kind of basing the thing on so it was it was utterly unique sure for me at that time in my life and yeah and for a kid at that age that's all I wanted to do is just eat, drink Indiana Jones. and. I, th I think it's my mom's favorite movie. She loved the serials as a kid, and I think that's why she wanted to take me to see it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just went. It's just nonstop. Like, the action was just, like, the truck thing and the fight with the plane. I mean, what was your favorite scene? I think to this day, probably the opening scene because, I mean, how to introduce a character. Thank you very much, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yes. Who is this guy? Where in the world are we? Immediately, we've got, you know, as you said, set pieces of the giant boulder, the the spiky thing that ends up spiking what's-his-name when they come back out. With Alfred, Molina. Alfred Molina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a character. I mean, now knowing who Alfred Molina is, it's even more impressive that he was that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the opening scene, it floored me. I had no – I was – 
<laughs> trying to catch my breath, you know, when they cut back in and he's just this mild mannered teacher guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> he's like <laughs> the hottest teacher on campus, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love me. Yeah, love, exactly. Love me. But yeah, I mean, we just watched it and and watching it again, it's just like it is the perfect opening. I mean, it just the fact that you don't see him until he yanks that gun out of the dude's hand with his whip, you know, and yeah. then it's yeah. like, oh, it's the most handsome man in the world. <laughs> but kind of like dangerous. Is he a good yes. guy? Is he a bad guy? Yeah. There's a little danger with this guy. Yes, exactly. And that's I think I don't I think people discount Harrison Ford as an actor, and I think that's. I think his subtlety think that would be a faux pas. Yeah, because yeah. I think he really is one of the greatest actors. The scene, one of my be- favorite scenes, is when he's all banged up on the boat, you know, and and trying to like nurse his wounds. You've never seen anything like that either. Like the the, the hero being right. Yeah, completely fallible hero. He bleeds. He hurts. Like he he experiences pain, even though he's doing these nearly heroic superhuman things there's a there's a cost yeah there's a big cost continually and that made it so much more exciting and more real because like oh well i i I hurt when i throw myself off things and he hurts so i'm kind of like him now exactly (laughs) he's mortal he bleeds you know he cries out when you smash him in the face with a mirror <laughs> Very loudly. So loud you can hear it ships away the ocean. And her response is, Did you say something? Yeah. I think they used a donkey bray as a sound effect. <laughs> now, is this your favorite movie? Now, that's a hard thing to say. I'm gonna I'm gonna say short answer, absolutely yes. But sure. that is like all encompassing, you know, repeat viewability. If mm-hmm. there's like a desert island movie with a an endless supply of sun to run the solar panel to run my projector screen and my surround sound, <laughs> absolutely, hundred percent right. I, I can pick that up anytime, any place. Fall right into it. Watch the whole thing. Watch pieces of it. Yeah, never gets old. It always feels fresh to me. Yeah, and I don't know how much of that is just like you know where it hit me when I was a kid. That nostalgia factor. But it is just a solid action movie. And oh, like you're yeah. saying, set pieces, you know, every scene, every single scene is like its own little standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam was and saying they, every scene has a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, it's, it is. If you ever want to learn how to write scripts, you need to read the script for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because it is literally yeah, yeah. every scene has a beginning, middle, and end. It has a denouement. It has action. It has it, – everything is literally its own movie. And because mm-hmm. of – the serials. I mean, this is this is the they are trying to invoke or these serials, these fifteen oh, yeah. minute serials. Well, I mean, the watch. biggest example of the serial was when Marion blows up. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that yeah. was basically yeah. how. The, oh right, yeah. So the serial would end, you know, with the guy going off the cliff or the plane right. blowing up or whatever, and then the next, you know, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, he's dead!" And then the next tune week, in next week, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then yeah. they show it from a different angle, and he escaped at the nick of time. Yeah. You know, it's, we talked yeah. about this a lot, yeah. but yeah, it's just like, but but I mean, how exciting is that? I mean, and they really captured. It's just such a Saturday morning matinee, yeah, ride, man. Yep, I want, I want more movies just to be like that. Yeah, you know, it, it is pure escapism. It's pure joy. Um, it was scary at the time, like as a kid. There was enough thrill in it to kind of keep me a little spooked as well. Yeah, it was a supernatural lot. element. The movie was way kind of creepy. It was way more gory than I remember. Yeah, a lot of blood. Like I was, <laughs> like when you <laughs> get shot in the arm. Oh yeah. Like the blood that flies out is so visceral. It explodes. Yeah, yeah. it's visceral. Well, that's the thing too. Is is all the sound effects and and the punches are so meaty and boom. You know, it's just like yeah. there's yeah. so much weight behind everything. You know that it just feels 
real. I think that added to the appeal when I was that age, too, because I, I was just starting to get into um, uh, Bantha Tracks, which was the Star Wars fan club. And yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. Started, introduced, like, behind-the-scenes things, how they made it stuff. And to my mind as a kid, like, I would eat that like candy. So I remember there were a couple of, I think, behind-the-scenes little documentary, docu-movies that came out on Raiders. And that only added to the appeal, like hearing that the guys were making the punches by like crunching celery and yep. smacking watermelon <laughs> with a wet piece of leather. Like, well, it's yeah, like, more and more and more and more and more. I think you and I kind of uh, lived out our sound effect uh, fantasies when we were doing Jedi No Ali and we got to like build every sound from scratch and we were just finding different weird stuff that we could use, you know what I mean? It was just, for me, that was just like, you know, that was going back to like the old Star Wars times. We did do that. Let's make another movie that's like Raiders. <laughs> yes. I'm about the right age. Um, it will, it'll really hurt now. <laughs> yes. But, you know, we're still like 30 years on, younger than the uh, than Indiana Jones. Who's, uh, you know, if yeah. his shoulder gets worse. Yeah. Indiana Jones Perhaps in the, another in movie. But, uh... <laughs> Indiana Jones and the search for asper cream. Now, did you have <laughs> <laughs> did you have a like a partner in crime? Did you have a buddy that loved it as much as you that you could share it with, or somebody in your family? Joey Steichen. Joey Steichen was the buddy who brought that comic book to nice. the school. We hid it inside of another book, like one of those uh, <laughs> oh, science books. <laughs> That's awesome. It was like our, it was like our Playboy magazine. We hid it, we passed it around, we oohed and awed over. It. Like, did you see that thing? We're gonna go again. We're gonna go to the movie because again, like I don't know where you guys grew up, but I had to travel to go see a movie. We didn't. We had one yeah. little movie theater downtown in this little small town, yeah. but it didn't show everything all the time. And it was like. E.T. forever and then uh, like something yeah. for the parents forever. So we had like a 40-minute drive to go. So it was oh, an wow. and it was saw an it myself. Yeah. And I almost didn't see it. My my parents were under some misperception that this was going to be like a really terrifying, scary movie. And they're like, no, no, no. We've, we've heard about this Raiders thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know more. I know more. We have to go. <laughs> I eventually wore them down, and then Joe and I would go, and we'd go, and the theater, of course, was in a mall, so it was not only Raiders, it was go to the arcade, play video games, get cranked on sugar. Yeah. <laughs> get your hot dog on a stick, or your cheese oh on a stick. Oh, my God. Always an adventure. <laughs> your Sbarro's, or what was that awful pizza place? Uh, Sbarro's. Yeah, yeah, was it that? Terrible. Yeah. Um, How many times did you see in the theater, do you remember? Oh, boy. It, well, even in recent years, when they'd trot it back out yeah, in yeah. Los Angeles, I'd always go to it, so I'm thinking maybe... Certainly more than any other film, but probably a good dozen times in nice. theater. That's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, to every – look, if you haven't seen it in the theater and you get an opportunity to do so, yes. do it. Because yes. it was yeah. made to be seen yes. on the big screen. Yes. And it's beautiful. And in this day and age, I think it holds up even better just mm -hmm. the fact that it, it is on film. It is gritty. Yeah. It is real. The stunts are real. There's no CG in sight anywhere. It's the uh, the effects are yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. the dustiest film <laughs> since like Lawrence of Arabia. There's so much dust, so dirty. Yeah, and all that. You know what I love too are those the the um, spider webs. Like how dense and thick yeah. the spider webs are. Like in the beginning, and also in the in the in the in the in the, the well of lost souls. Yes, the well of lost souls. Yes, yes indeed, that one. Yep, beautiful stuff. And we miss that. I mean, I think that's like. Do you miss that? I mean, 
it, it was great when there were sets, you know, when there was chunks and stuff for actors to work with and everything was visceral. You know, I remember going on the Congo set. It was like a rainforest, you know. It, they made yeah. a rainforest in this soundstage. And I think now, you know, it's awesome what they can do with, like, the Mandalorian and whatever with these. You know, yeah, with the news the new state it's super impressive super impressive and the the technology is great but yes there there's nothing that can match some like the visceral the reality of some tangible set where you're actually there or location you know the fact that they did travel around the world to get these if you ever want a good example of that uh watch all the extras for like the phantom menace Watch watch the extras for the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings guys are so much more happy and so much more joyous because they were dealing with real stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I get it, but it's also as an actor, you you want to play in that world, you know. And if you're playing in a big blue room with big blue, you know, tables and stuff, it's just it's not as fun (laughs) out, you know. It's really sad to watch these capable actors just like standing on a green stage, looking around with confusion on their faces. reads it reads yeah. in the finished product like yeah. they had really good people who didn't know what to do because there's nothing to land on have you done a lot of green screen stuff as you know with the creature stuff or do you get to more play within the actual sets so far i think it's more actual set uh whether outlaw location or, or built set there's been some amount of green screen stuff that ironically they haven't used nearly as much as some <laughs> of well, I mean, I guess it would seem if you have the creature there, then put the creature, you know. Yeah. yeah luckily, yeah. you're also, you don't play a lot of, you know, you play a lot of guys that, you know, a lot of monsters that happen in, in the real world, you right, know. Right, right. Right, Yeah, I think one of the very first kind of green screeny things was on Men in Black 3, and they were taking this kind of traditional, you know, the big-headed alien thing, and they wanted to make a bunch of miniatures of it. So it was on a big green screen stage. Uh jumping around all over the place and it was kind of an odd experience yeah there's there's nothing to there's nothing to grab onto you know you've got nothing even visually to let your eyes land on yeah yeah that has to be so much more challenging i just Mm -hmm. i can't even imagine i mean i'm not an actor so like i but like i I can't yeah but not to that like i can't that has to be as challenging as just the acting itself is like Having to well, put yourself I mean, there. you've done a lot of black box theater. Yeah, it's the yeah. same thing, but it's painted yeah, black instead okay. of blue. That's, that's, a good, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, good point. it's like Don't it's all so about colorist, Adam. You just use your imagination. <laughs> uh, but getting back to readers, yeah. yes, uh, I remember putting a significant amount of effort every year into finding the jacket, and there were a lot of companies coming out with like jackets. I'm like, that's not the jacket. I know yeah. how the jacket looks. That's not the jacket. That's some dude trying to make it look like the jacket not the jacket <laughs> there were the, so I yeah. quite got the jacket but i was really hot to try there are a lot of ripoff jackets a lot of ripoff hats a lot of ripoff they tried rips. just doing like waist length bomber jackets yeah like, no 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 that's Indiana not jones normal. wouldn't be caught dead now how do you think he got his hat and jacket back after he uh rode the submarine underwater for 60 miles <laughs> Do you think Sala? Thin ice. <laughs> do you think Sala like grabbed it off the ship from uh, Katanga? He was like, <laughs> yeah. "Give this back well, to I, him I mean, if you see him." Well, to yeah. that, how do you think he even made it on the submarine all those miles? Because submarines, you know, go under the water. <laughs> that's what I, I know exactly. Um, but that's you don't care. That's what I love about this right. movie is you do not care. You don't care that his body would be ripped apart if he was dragged behind a truck for even five minutes. You know, but it's yep. don't care because it's just so he much wouldn't, fun. Wouldn't be able to get up yep. and walk for four days. No, because he wouldn't have any skin on the front of his legs. 
You know, he would just be a no. Nope, you got to allow it. You got to allow it. He gets shot in the arm and he goes, "Ugh, what a day!" And then punched yeah. like three times in the bullet wound. Ugh. You know, and he could still use that arm to throw the guy out of the thing, out of the truck. Everything we mentioned is bringing up every scene, and I'm thinking, "Oh God, no, that's my favorite scene." Oh wait yep. a second, no, I remember this now. So you were talking about the dust when he's in the uh, when he's fighting the guy on the wing plane. Yeah, the wing yeah. Plane. When he gets punched and his legs go rubbery and he lands <laughs> yeah. on his ass. I love the the high cut of his legs going whoa whoa whoa, and then yep. the low cut of him like coming right out from under him and flop right on the on the dust. Nobody uh, gets beat up better than Ford. Nobody makes me laugh nobody, every time. My favorite Harrison Ford thing is like it was when you you know you see the cliff and that shaky bloody hand comes up and you know grabs the thing and then the other shaky bloody hand comes up and he pulls himself up but he does the shaky bloody. Hand reveal better than any other actor in the biz. True. True. I've never seen its match. Is there any uh, parting thoughts about Raiders that you'd like to share to our audience? There's not enough time in the podcasts to to say everything that I adore about that movie. But from beginning to end, it's still just, it's kind of a perfect cinema, like pure cinema experience. I wouldn't say my, you know, the most intellectual cinema I've ever seen in my life, but from from a pure escapism cinema joy standpoint mm-hmm. and that little boy in me that no matter how old I get, I'm like right back there to be 14 years old. Perfect movie. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's something that Adam and I talk about all the yeah. time. A perfect movie isn't the best edited, whatever. It's a movie that you wouldn't change a right. frame. Right. And yeah. that's one that I there's nothing 100%. I would change in that yeah. movie because it's just you're, – you're absolutely right. It is pure cinematic joy is what that movie is it's like watching it you just yeah. you, you can't you, you're not gonna fall asleep okay how tired yep. you are you know you're not gonna like get bored and start looking at your phone you know it's it's just it it grips you it grips you it, it grabs you. you and it doesn't let go just like you buddy <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a good way i don't mean that in a creepy way. <laughs> Spielberg was a really smart guy as well in that he would hire these older, really talented guys to to lens his films. If oh, you look yes. at that movie with a like a critical eye too, it's beautiful. Oh yeah. It's shot so well, the yeah. frames are balanced, the camera moves are really like not elaborate, but just stunningly gorgeous. And also yeah. they just let it play. Like there's not yeah. a lot of cutting in that movie. You know, there's that one scene with Belloc and and Indy, you know, after Marion gets blown up. You know, they just stay on that one shot with him in the foreground and Belloc in the background for the entire mm-hmm. conversation, which is so awesome. Like, uh, you know, when they're digging into the mm. well of souls, you know, they just – when the Nazis come up, they would have been – today would have been like, close up, close up, close up, you know, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, but right. they just let the thing play out, probably because it made it move faster and it was probably, you know, a lot to do with oh, practicality. So much, but so much to shoot. <laughs> it just – when you let it, when you let, when you have, like you said, when you have a great camera person, when you have great actors, when everything is working, just let it play. Let it play in the frame. Absolutely. There's no, I don't know where we got this idea, but it's certainly, even today, really prevalent how we got to just like fast cut. Fast. If it's action, it's got to be fast, fast, fast. Nah, the action is within the cut. Yeah, but I, I think it's insecurity as a director that, that you have to, you know, let's put 40 cameras down. You know, it's yeah. get every angle possible because yeah. then, yeah. you know, then I can't make a mistake, you know, but it's like, it's the ballsy director that, that one angle, <laughs> that's trust. it. Trust, you know? right. It's all about trust. And it's yeah. like, well, it makes you work for it, put the effort into getting the good result ahead of time because you yeah. know that that is your shot. You right. Need that. 
And if you're shooting on film and your one shot is Harrison Ford turning around as a truck blows up in the background, you know, you got to get that right. Yeah. And his little false step, like, what? What is that? Her? No, no. Well, I'm going to walk a little faster. No, no. Oh, yeah. he was very <laughs> sad. Angst, maybe. Angst, pain, that guy, and humor. I mean, nobody can go yeah. from being funny to being angry to being sad. Oh, I mean, that so guy great. wears his emotions like no other actor. I mean, it's just, he, to me, is the last of the greats. You know, the last of, like, the bogeys or the, you know, uh, John Waynes or those kind of, like, right. larger-than-life movie stars. Absolutely. He's the only guy from our generation who got that, who was, like, a legitimate, solid actor, like a service serviceable. Serviceable? Is that the Swiss Army knife kind of an actor, you know? Yeah. And that's why uh, Tom Selleck but- is so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Chap hide every day of his life. But, yeah, like I said, I think... So- I think uh, I think sometimes Harris Ford gets a short shrift, but you know yeah. when you really look at his movies, there's so much going on. Uh, he's just great. Anyway, yes, capable dude. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it'll end on that fun note. Um, Marty, thank you so much for being a guest. Uh, it's always fun to have somebody who's really passionate about what we're talking yeah. about. It makes such a difference. I'm so passionate, I don't want to go. Let's just keep going. Yes. Go. Well, we're going to definitely <laughs> Can I have... just move in? Yes. Can I just do this every day? Yeah, okay. come be on the I'm show. Be there yeah. every day, and I'll just I'm... show up. Like, I'll just pop in, okay? You know, 100%. Right? 100% we're going to have you back real soon. Um, thank you so much, man. And uh, let us know what's coming up so we can plug you on the show. Yeah. Your yeah, work please. is amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you, guys. There are things in the works. I can only hint. Of course. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Secrets. (laughs) All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Lovely chatting with you, gentlemen. Marty. Such a good interview. He's so awesome. Seriously, check him out on Evil if you get Paramount+. Plus. It's uh, it's a fun show, and he's he's most of the monsters. He's playing a jinn right now with a head of fire. Oh, wow. It's creepy as hell. I got to catch up on that. Yeah, he's a creep. (laughs) <laughs> he's a very <laughs> not in real life friendly creep but he can yeah. play the creep like it's nobody's good. business he's, he deserves all the yeah. success he's great um so it was made yeah came out it came out it, it, it was did remarkably well it was nominated for nine academy awards wow uh didn't win any of the biggies no unfortunately it uh it didn't win best picture lost best picture to chariots of fire Ugh. <laughs> I mean, no offense to Cherry. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the first thing in my head. No offense to the movie. It's great. It's fine. Yeah, the sound. But it's, Ugh, not. it's so boring. No. I, don't, I don't sit down once a year and watch Cherry's <laughs> no, of Fire. No. I haven't seen Cherry's of Fire since Cherry's of Fire came out. And even then, I was like, I'll be honest. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it all the way through. You're not missing a lot. A couple of guys this racing. Guy running, a couple running of buddies doing some thing? racing. Yeah, no okay. Um, I did win five Academy Awards, one Best Art Direction, Film Editing, Sound, Sound Editing, and Visual Effects. Uh, another win for Ben Burt oh, uh, uh, before he did the E.T., but after Star Wars. Ben uh, Burt. He's the man, baby. But it lost for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography. Well, who won cinema- Best Cinematography? Uh, that was Red's. Oh. Uh, the Warren Beatty film. Who also, he won Best Director, and it was nominated for a ton. It, of, yeah, no, it was a, that was a good movie. It was, you know, it was, uh, it was epic. It was an epic yeah, yeah, and it, which is fine. I mean, and granted, you know, obviously hindsight's always twenty. But again, but don't watch Reds every year. Uh, I've literally never seen Reds. <laughs> yeah. never seen it, so it's fine. You should check it out. It's you okay. Know, 
It's I'll check it out. I'd like Warren Beatty, so I'll check I mean, it out. It's an Academy Award-winning film. He it's, won yes, Best Director, yes. too, didn't he? Yes. yes. Warren Beatty? Right. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't have the lasting effect like Raiders because no, there's uh, not four sequels. To Raiders, that's true. Raiders was released on VHS in November of 1983 uh, with an initial release of 500,000 copies. Oh yeah. Uh, by September of 1985, it had sold over a million copies on VHS. Yep. Priced at thirty nine ninety five. Oh yeah. So it uh, and it, it people bought it. They were it was, we had one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember owning it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wore it out. We had a couple. <laughs> by 1991, uh, and th- this number includes also the two sequels at that point. Uh, it had sold almost 10 million cassettes wow. uh, between the three movies. 10 million cassettes. That's insane. Uh, and then in 1991, McDonald's did a promotional thing where they sold each of the movies for 5.99 a piece. I remember this. So do I. So do I. I remember I we didn't I didn't have to get them because I already owned them, but uh, that promotion sold another five million copies wow. of these three movies. Like it's insane how many people owned this movie. Man, when I worked for Lucas, every time they would release something on you know DVD yeah. or, or Blu-ray VHS, or yeah. well, Blu-ray, no, not yet, yeah. But they would give it to us for free. Yeah. Oh, nice. So nice. we would get all, you know, I, nice I, would ha- I had like eight different versions. <laughs> and I ended up, you know, they would give us a huge discount. So I bought yeah. the, you know, the Blu-ray uh, Star right, Wars right, and the Blu-ray, right. you know, uh, the, the good indie. The good collection stuff, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, man. it Those movies, all of them, all four of them, I'm sorry to the haters of the fourth one. I all four know. of them are really fun. And it's also fun to watch. And you kind of get older, you know, yeah, watch this yeah. guy go through that. Yeah. I would have liked something maybe, you know, in between 50s and 70s. But yeah, yeah. You know, still, it's like it's a story that can still be told with the same mm-hmm. character. And I'm really excited to see what the next film is I'm be. really curious to see what they do with the fifth movie. And if, if they, they don't kill him. They keep up the. Well, they're making it. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought they were going to kill him in the fourth one. Well, no, I mean Harrison Ford. Oh, you mean Ford, for real? Because like, they're ripping that poor real, guy yeah. apart. My God, when they did Star Wars, they busted his foot. The, the door of the Millennium Falcon smashed oh, onto his no. leg in this horrific, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. If you ever hear J.J. Abrams talk about it, he's like, I just broke Harrison Ford. It was like the moment. It was one of the first days. It was I think the first wow. day that Harrison was on the wow. set. That's crazy. And then, you know, he's doing a fight scene and he yanks his shoulder out of I mean the guy's almost 80 so it's like yeah yeah I mean he didn't yeah I had heard that he it wasn't it was like a normal thing like it just happened like it's that, the last, good thing, last thing he got hurt yeah yeah I'm Matt's Michelson excited and, about it and uh, uh, what's her name from Fleabag uh, Phoebe uh, Bridgerton Phoebe uh, Waller Bridges Phoebe Waller Bridges yeah uh, and or, yeah it's kind of a good cast. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm I'm for me. I'm really hoping they keep up what they did with the fourth movie, mm-hmm. which was that they're still progressing it in time. Yeah, because well, yeah. I want to see it taking place in 1965 yeah. or 1967 or whatever sure. it would be at this point, um, because it makes sense and it makes sense with the characters aging and and, and all that. But um, it's gonna be fun, whatever it is. 100. percent And the last one was fun, and you know. They were all great. Nothing is going to be the first, you know. I mean, right, right. the Empire Strikes Back conundrum is very rare. Yeah, you know, you've yeah. got that and you've got Lethal Weapon 2. And I think those are the only two times that uh, sequels have surpassed the original. Yes. I want to say there is another very obscure. Oh, Superman 2. Superman maybe. 2 is really good. The Donner Cut. There was something else. Aliens. Okay, maybe there's a lot. But, <laughs> <laughs> but aliens. 
Alien, Alien, and Alien. It's a very different movie. But I, mean, I will, uh, as an action adventure movie, this is 100% the best. What makes him great is he he's not pious about everything, but he is about one thing, and yeah. that is yeah. history. History, and, yeah. and everything belongs it, to everyone. Exactly. History is for everyone. Damn it! We it should be shared with everyone because everyone belongs in a museum. It belongs in a museum, and uh, hopefully someday. Our show will belong in the, <laughs> in the museum. I doubt it. But um, ah, what a great time. Yeah, what a great show. Watch it again if you haven't seen it. If you haven't ever seen it, get your ass over there and watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's really fun. It is, it is some of the most fun you'll have watching a movie. And you're, you're looking at the last great movie star, Mr. Harrison Ford, in his prime, <laughs> in his absolute prime, and in his second favorite role. First yeah. being Mosquito Coast. Oh, yeah. 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 That was a great part. That's a great part. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, With another round of our Spielberg July summer. I feel like I don't want to get in the water. I'm going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> you know, like when a Spielberg... Mouth. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program, Family Ties, already in progress.